0: Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast, and I'm thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at copywriting at gmail.com. Again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. All right, so let's go ahead and get started, folks. Jesus, tax collector? Well, today we're going to be exploring some scripture passages from the book of Matthew. And when I was preparing this podcast, it struck me that Matthew was a former tax collector in Capernaum who was hated by both the Romans and the Jews. That was not a desirable position to be in. You see, as a tax collector, he was working for the other team, so to speak, out of pure unadulterated greed. He became a very wealthy man due to his exceptional abilities in this area. Yet the very people he was taxing were his own people. A clear dichotomy existed. That was until Jesus would ask him to follow him. Notice I didn't say that was until Jesus found him because the truth was he was never lost from the watchful eyes of Jesus, even though he was lost within the world system. You might be asking, what do I mean by that? Well, Matthew calculated precisely what following Jesus would mean. He had to give up everything. The other disciples could return to their former professions if this Jesus venture didn't pan out. Remember, many of them were fishermen. But now Matthew, this was what he would call a career-limiting move. Solely because of Matthew's work as a tax collector, he was despised. And when Jesus asked him to join God's family, he found acceptance. What was once frowned upon became one of Matthew's greatest assets, his pen. He recorded all that was going on around him as he was a natural observer of life. Now he had honest work. He had purpose, and like Matthew, we too are works in progress. God implants gifts deep within us long before we even consciously recognize them, and through the Holy Spirit, our gifts are drawn out to help us serve God's purposes. Matthew could not have known the gift God would give him by giving him the opportunity to record the greatest story ever known, with the same skill set that he had sharpened as a despised tax collector. Matthew invited many of his newfound friends home to meet with Jesus. And allow me to use a personal example to explain what I meant earlier. Growing up as an adoptive kid who had spent a few months in foster care, I thought that the world and the things within it were where meaning was to be found. I wanted to work hard, achieve and grab that golden ring, so to speak. But questions began to arise within me when blessings continued to pour forth in my life. Now, you might be scratching your head in an attempt to track with what I'm saying here. For example, as a new mom, I looked around and saw the other mom staying home. This was an option for me because I was doing so well in my career. I began to question, was this indeed a blessing? I wasn't convinced that it was. People within my inner circle continued to encourage me in the worldly direction. And really, it would come down to choices. It would take Jesus grabbing me by the hand for me to finally surrender this worldly attitude, one in which I'm thankful that I did. Sometimes what appears to be a blessing is just the opposite. We never discover what is most important in this life until it's too late. Friends, don't let that be you. Now, I'm not saying that one cannot have a phenomenal career and still be Christ centered. This is absolutely possible. But it does take a personal inventory and an honest assessment of life to understand where we position Jesus within our blessings. And it seems that this is what happened to Matthew as well. He had all the materialism he could mentally handle, his life was one of luxury. Yet, like every person who has a heartbeat, there was still a small void within his heart that was reserved for the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. It's either his heart that was filled or it was his heart that would be empty. Those were the only two choices. And if it's an empty person will experience something is still amiss in their lives. They may have everything that money can buy and have had every experience that they wish to consume, yet a void remains within them. It's similar to a reservoir in our car that's empty. We receive warning messages when this is the case. We can't go far with the empty reservoir or we'll damage the engine. And the empty space in our heart is similar to the car engine, allowing for our life to be damaged if not filled with the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, It says this about our gateway to heaven. But the gateway to life is small and the road is narrow and only a few ever find it. Jesus is the gate to the Father. Jesus is the Son of the Father. He will protect us. So why do we want a customized plan to God? The way to become a Christian is not difficult. And yet we find that there's only one way. Jesus is not a religion. Jesus is Christianity. Man created various religions, which at times means segregation between the various flavors that are available. And I'm not talking here of color of our skin or our culture. Rather, I'm talking about do we believe the whole truth from the Bible? Or are we picking and choosing books within the Bible that we're going to focus on The Bible in its entirety needs to be embraced and digested. Think through the logic, if you will, of only honoring a few of the books. Then why would God have gone to all the trouble to have, say, 62 additional books inspired out of a total of 66? So Jesus's word is what matters. On one of my previous podcasts, I stated you may not be willing to step up and die for Jesus like he did for us. But are you willing to live for him? So, why is there only one way to heaven? When Jesus is placed at the forefront of this argument, and we come into the realization that it was solely through him coming to earth and being man's atonement and propitiation for all sin, we come into the actualization that there's only one way for eternal life. And Jesus gives freely the key to us for salvation. He came to save us from ourselves. Living God's way isn't popular among many people, but it is the right way. I know that I'm thankful that I've been shown the right way to live and the right way for eternal life. But Jesus also had to prepare his disciples for the persecution that they would most assuredly face. Right from the start in Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, Jesus tells us, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, be as wary as snakes and harmless as doves. But beware, for you will be handed over to the courts and beaten in the synagogues. Wow. Our attitudes when facing tremendous opposition cannot be sheep-like, but we are to look to our shepherd for strength, courage, boldness, while maintaining our sensibilities and remaining dignified in our behavior. A vulnerability exists between operating from a place of wisdom and choosing not to be gullible in our actions while living out in the world. When we're persecuted for our faith, we have unusual opportunities to witness for Christ. Our platform differs from the conventional methods that others are employing. We're to always be ready and prepared to give our testimony for how the Lord has changed us and our lives. This is a hot topic. Just this morning, I came into contact with a gentleman who's written a book around the entire topic of sharing our faith and testimony when we're given the chance, not being fearful nor afraid, but doing what Jesus tells us boldly to spread the good news and don't worry. The outcome's up to him. So Jesus went on to say that if we're arrested because of our witness, we're not to worry at all because he will give us the right words at the right time. For it won't be us doing the talking. It'll be the spirit of the father speaking through us. And personally, I've had this experience early in my healthcare career during my first interview for a grown-up career, so to speak. The spirit overtook my being and questions I had never even thought of began to flow forth from me. And lo and behold, I was offered a pretty amazing position at a healthcare company. And this was a fantastic stepping stone to my future successes. When we're committed to Jesus, we will push through all persecution and opposition against us. We are in it to win it through to the very end. Our devotion becomes clear to others. And the Pharisees accused Jesus of obtaining his power from darkness, when in reality, Satan is the prince of demons. As servants, we share in the master's fate. Jesus is the master of our household, so we are to expect to share in the very accusations as members of the household. And yet Jesus tells us not to be afraid of those who threaten us. For the time is coming when all will be revealed, all that is secret will be made public. Jesus was perfectly holy, and yet men would call him evil. How much more will they do this to you and to me who are doing good? Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. They can only kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And Jesus assures us that God is aware of everything pertaining to his children. We are so valuable in God's eyes that he sent his only son to earth to die for us. John chapter 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We are able to adjust the lens of our focus and see the good news of the entire Bible through this one verse of scripture alone. God's love goes beyond the borders of heaven. It's a fluid love that reaches all who will believe. When we love like God, we're willing to sacrifice self and give freely to others. God gave us the most extravagant gift imaginable, His Son, And yet he asks nothing from us in return, except for our belief. This is a gift we can honor and pay forward by sharing this good news in boundless love, even if it costs us our comfort and our security. Because of God's love for us, we don't need to be intimidated by personal threats from others or by excruciating trials and tribulations. God will never love us any less than he loved his very son. And the Holy Spirit is with us forever. Jesus takes our witness further, telling us in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, If anyone acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will openly acknowledge that person before my Father in heaven. But if anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before my Father in heaven. Our witness is a journey to the finish line. We are constantly given opportunities to flourish or to fail. How are you holding up, friend? Are you envisioning yourself making it to the finish line? One day, you'll hear God who's gonna say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. We can't expect Jesus's love for us to take away all of our difficulties, but as we stand for Christ, we simultaneously kneel in prayer. And when Jesus came to earth to serve, His peace was not superficial. There are real differences that divide people. He didn't come to earth to bring peace. His word says he came to bring a sword. Wait, what? A sword? Yes, that's right. The sword represented division between believers and unbelievers. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 and 13 specifically state, For the word of God is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest knife, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. Nothing in all creation can hide from him. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we have done. Now, these verses often bring a measure of fear to some people. They grapple with the notion that God sees it all. But when we're obedient and doing what God's will is for our lives, this is something that doesn't bring fear. Rather, it offers peace and relief. The Word of God is not simply a collection of words from God housed in book form or a vehicle to communicate his ideas to us. The Word of God is a life-changing and dynamic, ever-living book of instruction. This Word slices to the very core of mankind. His Word reveals our innermost thoughts and emotions. His Word is a discerner of what is within our heart, both good and bad. Nothing can be hidden from God. His eyes are all-knowing, all-seeing, and are wide open to both His children and His creation. It's comforting to know that this level of intimacy exists, and yet God still chooses to love us. Following Jesus has an absolute cost, a valuation we must take into account. When we look at the bottom line on the ledger, we find that following Jesus clears all other debts that we may ever encounter. Jesus had to prepare his disciples for the rejection many of them would experience by their sheer association with him. These same rejections are still encountered by Christians today. Many people have found that by being God's people, negative reactions from others are often experienced because of their resistance to God oftentimes we're ridiculed. People just make fun of us and and can't understand why we would follow a spirit or, or a person that we've never seen. So who are the forces who may oppose us? Well, for the Bible says it could be government, religious people, and or family. Why government? That sounds controversial, Pam. Well, in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, Jesus says, And you must stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. This will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Yes, to witness to the world. When you're arrested, don't worry about what to say in your defense because you will be given the right words at the right time. Jesus told the disciples that when arrested for preaching the good news, they should not worry about what to say in their defense. God's Spirit would speak through them, and this promise was fulfilled back in Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 14, and elsewhere. Some mistakenly think this means we don't have to prepare to present the good news because God will take care of everything. But scripture teaches that we are to make carefully prepared, thoughtful statements. Jesus tells us not to stop preparing, but he does tell us stop worrying. Why religious people? Well, Matthew chapter 10 verse 26 goes on to say, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Be as wary as snakes and as harmful, harmless, excuse me, as doves, but beware for you will be handed over to the courts and beaten in the synagogues. And we looked at that verse earlier in this podcast, but later the disciples experienced these hardships, both from outside and inside their circles of influence. Living for God often brings on persecution, but with it comes the opportunity to tell the good news of salvation. In times of persecution, we can be confident because Jesus has overcome the world, and those who endure to the end will be saved. So, again, when we look at opposition and we think government or threats to our peace, we know the truth will be revealed. Religious people that might be our opposition, maybe threatening physical harm, well, they can harm the body, but our soul cannot be harmed. Maybe public ridicule is the opposition we're facing. Remember, if we'll acknowledge God, he's going to acknowledge us before his father in heaven. Or family, maybe we're rejected by loved ones. Well, if that's our opposition, we know that God's love can sustain us. And in taking family a little bit further, the book of Matthew chapter 10 verses 34 through 37 has this to say. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to earth. No, I came to bring a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Jesus did not come to bring the kind of peace that glosses over deep differences just for the sake of superficial harmony. Conflict and disagreement will arise between those who choose to follow Jesus and those who don't. Yet we can look forward to the day when all conflict will be resolved. Christian commitment may separate friends and loved ones. And in saying this, Jesus was not encouraging disobedience to parents or conflict in the home. Rather, he was showing that his presence demands a decision. Because some will follow Christ and some won't conflicts inevitably will arise. And as we take up our cross and we follow him, our different values and morals and goals will set us apart from others. So don't neglect your family, but do remember your commitment to God is even more important. God should always be our number one priority. Christ calls us to a higher mission than to find comfort and tranquility in this life. Love of family is a law of God, but even this love can be self-serving and used as an excuse not to serve God or to do his work. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 31, he says, So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. And Jesus said, God is aware of everything that happens, even to the sparrows. And you are far more valuable to him than they are. You're so valuable that he sent his son to die for you. Because God places such value on you and on me, we never need to fear personal threats or difficult trials. While they are a nuisance, yes, they can't shake God's love or dislodge his spirit from within us. But this doesn't mean God will take away all of our troubles. The real test of value is how well we hold up under the wear, tear, and stress of everyday life. When we stand up for Christ in spite of our troubles, we will have lasting value and honor from God. And in return, we will have great rewards awaiting us in heaven. When we take up our cross and follow Jesus, we're publicly identifying with Jesus, knowing we will face scrutiny and opposition for his name's sake. So in the end to win souls for the kingdom of God, that's ultimately what matters. So now let me ask you this question. Can Jesus count on you to publicly profess your faith and tell other people about him? And friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not elsewhere, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sins of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal more of himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other like-minded believers. And now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision that you've ever made congratulations and God bless you. And as you go out into the world, remember the priestly Aaronic blessing from Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories you grew up with. And we'll be discussing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives as we delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like and many, many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure to hit like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And friends, much of today's podcast was referenced from my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And if you know anyone else who may be interested in this material, please share a copy with them too. Until next time, friends, be blessed.